All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 166. We are two days away from the start of the preseason, and what is a preseason without a Kyrie Irving comment? Where the hell is James Harden? Why is he in Atlanta? Why is he in Vegas? And why is he not with the Houston Rockets? And of course, ESPN breaks down their top 100 players going into next season, and it is completely ridiculous. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me that intro music. Excuse me. I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast. We are back in the studio after <laughs> two-month COVID standoff. Yep. We've been doing Zooms. I know you guys have been putting up with us for a while. We've been trying our best, but we are officially back in Chateau de Clips. Yeah, it looks a lot different in here. It looks great, right? It does. It. So the flooring is fantastic. Right. The, the paint is fantastic. I know you got some other things coming as far as furnishings are going. I'm, I'm excited to see what it looks like when it's all said and done. I, you know, I'm going to handle it really well. I got some new artwork. We're getting in some new furniture. I mean, if I'm going to be in my crib 23 hours a day, <laughs> it's got it's got to look right, right. Right. Yeah. This. Yeah. We're all kind of in some sort of jail, if you will. Yeah. You might as well make it. a good Some jail. have. Yeah. Some have really big cells mm-hmm. right like if you're a millionaire you have a or a mobster like you get sure. good food and tv well no okay you're going to actual jail i'm just mm-hmm. saying like in the realistic <laughs> nature of of we're, we're now in lockdown in california yeah. for those of of you that live in other states um we, we we're not supposed to leave our house at this point we're literally just supposed to be here and we're through su- the first of the year like yeah. to the first of the year we're supposed to only leave for you know gas or if you're food. an essential worker you go get some food of course you got to get some food Anyway, yeah, my, my apartment is feeling like a jail cell. I guess that's where I'm at. Uh, I'm just happy you're here. Yeah, uh, I, I don't I'm, get many I'm out. Visitors. I'm out. Of, this is my, my visiting rights. This are. is your visiting hours. <laughs> uh, but we're back in the studio, and we're, we're going to be, obviously, the season starts, and we have our first uh, preseason game on Friday. Today is Wednesday, so we're you know two days away from that. Uh, and we're going to be back in the studio once a week and then Zooms whenever we need to. But anyways, preseason starts on Friday. This feels like... The Lakers just won the championship a week ago. LeBron by by uh, preseason by Friday will only have not played for seventy two days. Right, which you know, I mean, two and a half months, I guess. Uh, it's still not enough time that he's used to. Yeah, and I we don't I don't expect him to actually put in any work in in these in these coming weeks. That, he's gonna put work in. LeBron no, no. always puts work in. Of course, of course. I yeah, I don't expect him to like be playing a lot. Period. I mean, I said it on the last pod. I don't think he's going to be playing in the Christmas game. I don't expect him to be seeing the floor very much during these preseason games other than whatever minutes that he deems necessary for him to play. So I do think, you know, it is going to be a weird season for Braun and for for most like of the best players. Like for Jimmy Butler, for instance, I don't know why Miami would want to rush him back onto the floor. During preseason. Right, during mm-hmm. the preseason and, and, you know, maybe kind of watch his minutes in the first couple uh, games of the season same thing with like all the older veterans i mean that's just the truth like goran dragic same thing i would i would not rush him back in especially coming uh, off an injury right because those two teams are the ones that have the the, the least amount of rest going mm-hmm. into the season so anyway uh i it was confirmed i was going to say this or i'm jumping in already go 
my call on the last pod was that I didn't expect LeBron to play. And then earlier today, that was announced formally that the Lakers don't expect LeBron and Anthony Davis to play. Despite the NBA putting out a rule saying that for nationally televised games, players will be fined and teams will be fined if they miss. Is it the team or the player? I think it's the team. I, you know, I think there's got to be some sort of combo there, mm. right? Because if it's the team and the player, like the player has the decision, right? Like you can't force a guy to play. You can suit him up and say, yeah, you're on the bench, but you can't literally force him to start the game if he doesn't want to play. So I do think that it has to be split, but I think the only way the NBA can actually delegate that is to the team. And then mm. the team maybe passes that on to the player. And they'd rather take the, the 100K L. And just, but you know, the money we need to make this money up from last season. Christmas Day games were big for all of us NBA fans. Obviously, we want to see LeBron, we want to see Kawhi, we want to see all the guys playing. I, I get it about like kind of easing LeBron back into when he's ready to play. You guys obviously have the assets to you know play for him if he only wants to play twenty minutes a game. And it's fun. a long season. Right. I mean, seventy-two games. <clears throat> I mean, it just means that we don't have to try. Like we don't have to be seventy-two and zero. Mm -hmm. Like we know that. So the I, the goal is to just be healthy for the playoffs. I mean, it's it's a broken record whenever we talk about yeah. what teams need in the NBA. The the very first and always the very first thing is you want to be fully healthy when you start the playoffs. So that's all that really matters. The the stories of the week right now. I'm so over the train wreck of the Houston Rockets. Okay, and I'm so over James Harden. So with all these NBA teams, especially coming from what we came from from the bubble with COVID and. <clears throat> all these new regulations coming out that players and staff are going to have to abide by, which are going to be tough. Okay. The no going to the clubs, no groups of 15 or more. I mentioned this on the last pod, like it's going to really mess up people's routines as far as before the game, after the game, unwinding, doing all this stuff. And, you know, a lot of teams and players have been taking these precautions and with the news coming out, you know, two weeks ago that James wants to play, in uh in Brooklyn with with Kyrie and KD he's kind of forcing his hand for the Houston Rockets right now meaning that he basically said a big fuck you to the NBA I'm gonna go to Atlanta and be at little baby's birthday bash and give him 100k cash and 200k uh watch and fill a fill a uh a Fendi bag with honey buns did you did you did honey you buns that? are delicious they are but it was like it's his favorite snack. It's my. It's one of my favorite snacks. It's a great snack. It actually sounds really the good. The Seven right Eleven run is not complete without a honey bun. <laughs> but he goes to this big old bash in Atlanta where nobody's wearing masks, and then he shoots over to Vegas where he's at a strip club throwing cash. Well, that's where that's where he stays at in Vegas. That, he, we all know. I think Harden, he rents a room in Sapphire. We all know Harden likes his strip clubs. Yeah. And I even posted the picture when the regulations came out. I posted a picture of Harden being like, "Oh, this isn't going to work," um, but. Again, both of these days are one day prior to opening of training camp and then one day during training camp. He didn't report until this morning where now he has to take these COVID precautions and whatnot. Now he's requested. No, the word is Harden is open for a trade with Philly. Okay. And the thing that pisses me off, and I, I, I know I've been, I'm a broken record with this, Drew. Just you, the players should not have the right when you're under conference uh, under contract to dictate exactly where you want to go. I hate that. And and mind you, every team in the NBA wants Harden, but they're not going to give up the whole farm if you're going to not sign an extension or a long a long-term contract, right? So, he says he's open for a trade with Philly. Obviously, he wants to he wants to be back with Maury. Doc would be a good situation and that would put 
uh, Philadelphia in a very good situation to have James Harden. I just hate the fact that he's dicking over the Houston Rockets right now, who just got John Wall and Boogie and uh, who's my boy from uh, from Detroit? Oh, uh, Christian Wood. Christian Wood. Three really good players. Okay, I just don't know what else James Harden wants. Right? Like you've had. Chris Paul, you've had Mello, you've had Russell Westbrook, you've had Dwight Howard, you've had Clint Capella, you've had all these pieces that just don't work for you, right? And now you're forcing Fertitta's hand on like where you want to go. And Houston, I think they got the I think they got the good value for Russell, right? So John Wall for Russell Westbrook, I think is a, is a, at least decent value. Okay, you as got, long as John's healthy. As long as he's healthy. I'm with you on that. And from everything that I saw in training camp, he looks like he's ready to go. Yes, coming off an Achilles injury is tough, especially for an explosive point guard. That's difficult. And a knee. And a knee, but you're right. And uh, But he looked really good. So what are your thoughts on this, man? Because I, I just don't see the value in any team. Like For James Harden, you have to give up a grip to get James Harden. Well, it takes away all the leverage that Houston would have, right? James, like when anyone does, same thing for Anthony Davis, right? So when Anthony Davis tells New Orleans he only wants to go to the Lakers, it takes away all the leverage that New Orleans has to go, hey, well, Lakers, by the way, if you want him, uh, Boston's also interested or Toronto, you know, all these other teams, Miami. Uh, but when a player does that, it, uh, it you know it goes all right. Well, then now there's no other options. This player isn't going. No team is going to trade what the assets are needed just to have him as a loan essentially for a year or two and then have him leave, you know, essentially for free in free agency. So it's the same situation here with James Harden where he's just, he's decided Houston is no longer the place that he wants to play basketball. Now I do have an issue with the reporting and whoever is reporting on behalf of James Harden, because first it was Brooklyn. Then it was, I want John Wall to be on Houston. I want John Wall to join me. Now it's, all right, I have John Wall, and but I actually don't really want to stay anyway, so I want to go to Philly. So there clearly is a breakdown of what is real, like what James Harden actually wants and what he's telling people he wants and what's being reported. There, there's, there's definitely a separation between those two things. Because if it's true that James Harden did want John Wall to come to Houston, why would he want that if he doesn't want to stay in Houston? You know what I mean? Like that just doesn't make any sense. Um, now... James Harden on Philadelphia is very exciting, but I don't think Houston envisioned their season starting with trading both Russell and James Harden. I think what Houston decided to do, and I think it's a wise decision, was go, okay, let's see what we, we can get for, for Russell, and we have to keep James Harden because he's one of the top five players in the NBA. Re regardless of how you cut it up, he's definitely one of the top five players in the NBA. No question. So... I don't know what to believe, I think, is the way that I'm, I'm viewing this particular situation. I don't know whether or not James Harden was just really enjoying his offseason um, and with the acquisition of John Wall is saying to himself, all right, like, let me just go out and score my 35 a game. Let's see what John can bring to the table and see what we can do. They have some nice pieces, like you mentioned, Christian Wood. They got Boogie Cousins in there. Who knows what he's going to look like, and hopefully he's going to be healthy. But still got Gordon, still got Tucker, still yeah. got you know. They have they have a pretty solid team. You know, do we think they're going to be champions? No, but I just I don't know how how to feel until James Harden comes out and actually says something. That, well, his that mom is, came out. That is quoted, right? So his mom comes out and says something. Go ahead. Well, his mom comes out and says he asked, he wants to be in a position to win a championship. 
And yeah, every good player, every player wants to be in a certain position to win a championship. But when you are under contract by that team, you should take the responsibility to 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 do the LeBron thing and recruit these players, you know? And they've given you every opportunity. And again, you were one game, you were one win away from going to the Western Con- or from going to the finals, you know? Uh, you've had a lot of these opportunities. Maybe you're just not that guy. You know, yes, you're one of the best scorers the NBA has ever seen. I don't see going to Brooklyn that working at all. And from they uh, they asked Kevin Durant, who, again, this is another guy that we just don't know what the fuck he's thinking. But they asked him about James Harden. And he's like, I've never I don't, I've never mentioned James Harden once. And I think that's bullshit. But he's like, I've never mentioned James Harden once. I'm not thinking about James Harden. It's the same Kevin Durant that said he wasn't thinking about going to New York the whole right. season. <laughs> and then lo and behold, he goes to Brooklyn. Right. So, um so yes, I, I agree. He wants to be in the position to win a championship, but uh, for the value, the only thing that works is Philly. Okay, and that's if Philly gives up Ben Simmons, gives up Thibault, and gives up three first rounders. Right, that's like the only way I see it being semi valuable. The only way it works, it doesn't work in Brooklyn. You have to give up Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Karis LeVert, and and three picks. That's not that's not enough. Do you agree with me on that? I do. Now, Ben, now Ben Simmons and John Wall, that doesn't really work. Exactly. Doesn't work for them. Doesn't now, work for Houston. They wouldn't have made the Russell Westbrook trade if that's what they wanted. Totally. Like, if they were willing to trade James Harden and Russell Westbrook and get Ben Simmons and John Wall, that just doesn't make any sense. Makes zero. Right. Now, if Milwaukee, if, if Giannis turns down the extension and says, you know what, Houston's one of the teams I'd be willing to go to, okay, then that's, that's what you explore. You know what I mean? Like James Harden in Milwaukee, uh, Giannis to Houston. Giannis and John Wall, that works. I can see that working. But this has to work for Houston. And I just don't like how he's basically forcing them to do it. He's He turned down that extension to make him the $50 million man. He's due two years, $85.4 million. And then just showing up to, you know, what does that show John Wall and Boogie and all these vets that have been, you know, that actually kind of want to play with you and are embracing the role of, coming and playing on the on the west coast and and trying to compete for a championship and again who knows with this season houston could if they stay the healthiest you know could be in the running in the playoffs but also if i'm john wall and boogie who've been rehabbing from all these surgeries staying quarantined doing all this shit and then you see your leader your your 50 million dollar man throwing fucking bread in a strip club like i'm gonna be disrespected and offended and and, and you should be offended every player in the nba Okay, because for the most part, everybody's doing their role right now. And with all these precautions coming up of not being able to go out to dinner and not being able to to meet with, you know, over 15 people in your family, they're going to try to regulate this shit a lot, Drew. Right. So I would feel disrespected as a coach in Silas who has been waiting for 20 years to get a head coaching role. And, you know, you're kind of thrown into a situation where it's like, okay. I got James Harden at least, you know, I got a good fan base. Uh, there's not huge expectations, but you know, for my first year, I'm going to come in and you could tell he's pissed off already. You can already tell because Harden's not talking to him at all either. I mean, what else can Silas do at this point? I mean, I think he's handled it about as good as you possibly can from a coach that's just entering into a brand new situation. You're right though. He has a shit ton of experience as an assistant coach. He's been in the league for a long time. We know his dad mm-hmm. played and was an amazing coach for a long time. I, well, amazing may not be the the right Respected. attribute. Yeah, I, I, he was bo- probably more of an amazing player than he was a coach. But both he did both very well for a long time. 
Um, so this hire is not, I see, you know, it wasn't necessarily the most shocking hire simply because that guy has the background. Silas has the background and you go, okay, let's see what he can do. And he's, they probably got him on a relatively cheap deal in comparison to what they were paying D'Antoni, right? The Harden thing, the bottom line is, is he just needs to make up his mind. And then when that, when he decides I want to leave or I want to stay, then that's where all the actions are explained. But the middle ground, uh, the, the, the not knowing necessarily, does he want to absolutely be traded? Is he going to hold out? Is, is, he, is he going to try and play the season and still ask for a trade? Like that, all of that stuff looming over the head of, of a, a brand new head coach and a franchise in transition is only going to be detrimental. It's only going to lead to dis, lead to dysfunction and you know the lack of respect that, that maybe these players have for each other. I will say most players tend to back other players. I mean, players are very player friendly as far as decisions are concerned. I would be very surprised if John Wall or Boogie said anything about the fact that James Harden was late because they know the business from the other side, right? That's what every player always says. All, all of them always say, well, you know, I've been traded or cut or let go or whatever without being noticed, uh, you know, with, with, with much more than sports center dropping it on the, on the bottom ticker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most players default to going, well, you know, he's, he's a businessman. He's trying to make the best decision for him. I, I don't see that being that big yeah, of an don't issue. You, don't you agree with the fact that, okay, you're a businessman, but you signed this contract. You are with Houston. I 100% and, agree with okay. that. I'm just, I'm just trying to state the reality of the, of the league in general. Like, uh-huh. it's so player-friendly that, no, like, I would be surprised if anyone was condemning James Harden's actions. But they should be condemned in, in a sense that, you know, what, what do contracts actually mean anymore what do they mean? in the NBA? <laughs> Right. So like, why do we have contracts if players are just going to do this thing where they just want to leave every second of the day? And I've brought this up maybe even two years ago now, but the NBA is streaming more and more towards the system of soccer. And for those people that listen to us, I know one in particular doesn't like when I talk about soccer, but specifically speaking about the way that players are transferred back and forth to teams in soccer, you can simply buy a player. You buy his contract rights. You, you pay the team for that player a specific amount of money, and then you negotiate a new contract for that team. And essentially what that does is it frees up the whole thing. If Philadelphia, in this scenario, if we went to that model, if Philadelphia decided they wanted James Harden, they could just go, hey, Houston, we're going to give you $100 million for James Harden straight up. We're just going to give you cash mm-hmm. straight up for James Harden. And all that does is compensate you for losing him as a player. You don't, the contract that he has with Houston is dissolved. He comes to us. We pay you the hundred mil and we, and then you still pay him the same contract. No, no. We negotiate a brand new contract. Philadelphia, Philadelphia gets for the two, for however many years, Philadelphia gets the rights to negotiate a brand new contract with James Harden. I'm telling you now, like I'm sitting here in 2020. If the pattern continues down the road that we're seeing where players are holding teams hostage, that is going to be the system we're into in 2040 without a doubt in my mind. But to me, I just see a monopoly once again of the teams that can afford that. The Knicks and the Lakers. That's what it is in world soccer. The richest teams in world soccer are the best teams. But NBA tries to keep it as tries to keep it as level as doesn't work. I'm just okay, I'm with you on that. And I think Anthony Davis leaving New Orleans is an example of exactly why that system isn't working. Mm -hmm. Teams are extending teams are able to offer the money to keep to keep the player Mm -hmm. there. The player signs the deal and then goes two years later 
I I'm demanding to be traded mm-hmm. somewhere else. But I'm only want to go here or exactly. here. Exactly. That's that's and, the thing. And Harden's it's another guy that wants to leave LeBron in the West Coast to give to make it a you know give it a go in the East Coast, and you know it's just funny to me because as great and as brilliant as Harden is, and I know a lot of our listeners hate James Harden for whatever reason, whether it's the step back or the flopping or like whatever. It's the not fuck fun it is. to watch. It, it's not. But if you're Watching him shoot and watching him offensively is pretty amazing. I mean, the guy is by a top 10 scorer to ever play in the NBA. But I look at Russ and how happy and how uh, embraced he was in Washington. Like, he just went from a really good playoff team to a horrible team in Washington and was all smiles, right? All smiles. I love Bradley Beal. This guy is a beast. Um, Really stoked to be here. And they have nobody. Literally, they have Russ, Beal, and Bertrands. There's really not the ish ish is over there. It's but Russ is going to get his shine and whatnot. And Russ showed up two hours early to the first training camp to set the tone. That's what leaders do, right? As much as we kind of hate Russell's game, he's he's a competitor and he's always going to be there. He's not in a strip club throwing money the night before. You know, again, if we have to go through the the COVID protocol, Harden's not playing in the preseason at all because you need at least ten days now, right? Right. Because right. you've been to the strip club, and John Wall shows up to Houston ready to fucking play, right? And there he's. Ba- I I kind of want to. I forgot who I was. I think I was with a combo on our live session uh, the other night. Shout out to combo. But he's like, I kind of want to see if if Harden doesn't want to be there. Let's see John Wall and Boogie and Eric and these guys. Like, let's see what they can do. Go let's out see there if they can them. reunite that Kentucky team from way back when. Well, they are bro. They definitely have a bromance. Yeah. Uh, and Boogie looks good, and we've said this the past three years. It's, he does. Uh, we just hope his body holds up. I agree. I would love to see him actually do something great. I agree. I'm just I'm looking at just like all these people that thrive and are happy to get away from James Harden because he's kind of scared a few people off. There's nobody that's been like, hey. I love playing with James Harden, you know? There could be I mean the same thing could be said for Russ. Right. Totally. Which is very interesting. But, but they will always say not one person will say Russ is a bad teammate and I wanted to get away from him. I've never heard that once from anybody. I mean, Steven Adams might later in life say that he could have averaged 13 rebounds a game if it wasn't for you Russ. You think Steven Adams gives a shit about that? I don't no, think I, so. No, I don't at think all. He, I don't think he could, but I I will say like I I think Victor Oladipo would say that Russ is not the best teammate, and I don't mean it from the stance that you're coming at. Like he's a great teammate. Like He's going to playing put, with I'm, playing with Russ, right. being a teammate of Russ on the court kind of sucks. But what else do you want? As Jay, <laughs> I, I get that. But then like, what do you want, dog? Like you, we were bringing in these people for you and I get it. You're used to a certain system. You're used, uh, you're used to a certain coach. You're used to being able to dictate everything that, that happens in your offense and kind of rustles the same way. And now we have a new owner, new coach, new system, you know, and he's maybe, with Scotty Brooks again. I mean, that, that's Russell I mean, is. Yeah. Russell right. is with Scotty Brooks again, which I think is great. And he's, glad for that sure it seems like Harden didn't even have a fucking conversation with Silas at all no and to discuss anything now if you sat down and had that discussion and Silas was like all right well guess what we're really going to try to play you off the ball a little more the you know not not so much one-on-one we're going to try to you know have more of a motion offense where you're going to get your shots and whatnot and and Harden's just like hey this isn't going to work for me right um you know here's a few teams that I would like to go to uh but again now you're now you're forcing Philly to make that play, and I don't think Philly should do it. I think Philly has a really good team. Daryl Morey is very good at this. I, I agree. So so my take is this: Doc needs a shot with Simmons and Embiid. Okay, yeah. if it doesn't work out by All Star break, okay. If I'm Silas and Fertitta, I'm telling Harden, 
Let's give this a shot till All-Star break. Let's see how it's going. And then we will work our best or try our best to accommodate you for everything that you've done for Houston and this organization. Same thing for for Philly and Doc and Daryl Morey. If it's still a Brett Brown situation and the shit ain't working out, we will entertain a trade. I think that's the most plausible thing that's going to happen. Okay. Like I, I, I agree with that. I don't think James Harden will be traded before the season starts. Um, not now, it is it's definitely possible. We know how good Daryl Morey is, is at brokering deals. But that's exactly why Morey might wait. But And you also assume that Daryl Morey taking the Philadelphia job had a lot of thoughts about the ways that he can make this impossible pairing work. Because imagine with the, Simmons and Embiid exactly. or with Harden and Embiid. No, with Simmons and Embiid. Because mm-hmm. imagine like for, for the entire time that those two have been together, everyone said it can't work. They need to separate. Brett Brown couldn't make it happen. They've had different GMs. Nobody could make it work. They can't get to the finals. So Daryl Morey takes that job, and that guy has a lot of pride, and he knows what the fuck he's doing. And you saw it how quickly he changed the roster to make it maybe more feasible for Simmons and Embiid to exist together. You have to think that him signing with Philly is going, I think I am the guy that can unlock this door. And same thing for Doc, too. I mean, those are both both those guys, Maury and Doc, were picked up so quick by Philly right. in the expectation of have, making Joel and Ben Simmons work. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so decisions, like decisions have to be made soon. But I do think, especially on the Philadelphia side, I think they're going to be reluctant to give up anything without at least attempting to see what, what Daryl Morey has created and what Doc can influence on the court to see what that actually looks like with these new pieces that they have now. Especially with Ben Simmons. Like, you have a very young, talented piece. That's the kind of guy that you don't really want to get rid of right now. Now, a couple other places that I heard, I heard Denver for, like, Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., and two picks or something like that, which I don't think is enough. And then I heard Golden State. Wiggins and Wiseman to get two pieces. Wiggins and Wiseman and one more to get Harden. Um, and I don't like either one of them. And I don't think that that Harden wants to be on the West Coast in the Western Conference right now. I think he wants to take his talents to the East Coast to give it a shot. He's another guy, Drew, that we brought up so many times that legacy is based on these championship rings. And he might go down as that guy, like a Carl Malone or something like that, that ends up getting 30,000 points with no chip. And I don't think he wants to be that guy. His talent is 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 too high, um, but unfortunately, that happens for a lot of people. So those other teams, those are all like reasonable options for Houston to consider. But if James Harden is taking the stance that he only wants to go to Brooklyn or Philly, then those teams are irrelevant and their offers are irrelevant. Mm. That's the problem. Like, so I think it's 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 a really it's it is an interesting scene of how negotiations go down, right? Like if you're just if you're just like a normal businessman, you make negotiations all the time for brokering deals for whatever you might have to do. But this is a very public forum for those negotiations to happen. And I and I think it's very interesting for uh, players to make public their their desires to go to a specific team. Because what they really should do in order for that move to happen is they should just tell, they should keep it in-house. Because it makes it more plausible for that deal to come through. Mm. Because if you're telling someone, like I, I'm, I'm going back to the point about leverage, but if you're James Harden, you're saying, I only want to go to Philadelphia, that means Philly d- can sit there and go, let's see how little they'll accept for James Harden because we're bidding against ourselves. We don't have any other competition on this asset. Now, if James Harden was smart, he'd go to Fertitta and say, I don't want to play here anymore. 
you and I can solve this by getting me to Philly. I'm not going to make it public. Tell me, tell everyone you're shopping, but get me to Philadelphia. And then it gives Fertitta the leverage to actually bring in other players. Yes, yeah, so he doesn't get pressed to sweeten the so deal. He doesn't get pressed. Exactly, that's what you're saying. It's exactly what I'm saying. Right. And so I, it just it is very interesting because you know the players, as I mentioned, they have all the power in this league at this moment. But we'll see how how Houston does with this. We know Fertitta and his son are you know businessmen. They're relatively business savvy, so I don't expect them to take a shit deal for James Harden. And I don't expect a place like Milwaukee to let Giannis go on a uh, on a trade if James Harden is saying that he's not going to resign mm-hmm. there. So it is it's going to be an unfolding situation for the rest of the season. The fact of the matter is that James Harden reported to camp. He reported late, but at this time he's going to be a Houston Rocket player until Fertitta decides to let him go somewhere, which maybe never. He may have to. Play you, out his you, contract. You do have two more years. Yeah. Two more years will take him to or, almost thirty four. Or he'll be fined. That's the other option. Like if he sits out, he just won't get his he just won't get his paycheck. Right. And and they can inflict some fines on him as well. So I think he's gonna be a tough one to keep under wraps as far as the COVID precautions. I think I think there's a few players that are gonna have a hard time with this. I think he's gonna have a really hard time with this. And I kind of brought it up to you before we got Well, there. thirteen strippers at your house is pretty reasonable. If you're James Harden and you can't have more than fifteen, he, he can be at 13. his house and invite thirteen strippers over. That's pretty good. That's at I mean that's at your house, right? That's it's just a get together. I'm, you have to guarantee in his basement there's a there's a stripper pole. Hey, we can't have an NBA off season without something from our boy Kyrie. We already had we are, excuse me, Kanye Irving, aka World Be Flat, aka he's a gap, Mr. Mood Swing. He's yes. a gap gap model now. <laughs> you know, we had some uh, issues a couple. It was like a month ago where the whole coaching thing. Well, you know, I can coach one day. KD will coach. We don't really need a we coach. We don't really need a coach. Steve Nash, even though we have D'Antoni and Steve Nash and all these guys. And then Kyrie came out this week and was talking about how he's going to let his play talk for himself, and he's not going to talk to the media. This season, I thought it was just for like for media day. opening day, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's for the whole season. This is yet another thing that really pisses me off, and I'm upset about it because again, this is part of your deal of being an NBA basketball player. It's part of your contract. The media is an extension of promoting the NBA. You being a superstar, you have you don't necessarily have to talk to the media every single day. You can take your nights off. There are nights where. You don't want to talk. You can Marshawn Lynch it sometimes if you want to. But if you want to be this polarizing player like a KD and like a Kyrie and you are in Brooklyn, New York media is insane. It's your duty as a superstar to have some kind of communication with the media. I think it's bullshit and I think it's just putting a lot more pressure on Kevin Durant who we already know has a, has not the greatest relationship with the media. Um, I think I think it's like a <clears throat> if we're if we're doing really bad, I'm not talking about it. If we're doing really good, uh, my play is speaking for itself, and I told you so. Ask Kevin Durant. I think. What do you think about that, man? I, I think it's real effed up. You're right about the the pressure that it'll put on everybody else, including especially Kevin Durant. Um, it's going to put more pressure on Steve Nash, which he doesn't need any more pressure. That guy's got a lot of pressure um, already. I mean, look, we've had bouts in the past where players have decided that they're no longer talking to the media. Kevin Durant has done that in his career in the past. 
this isn't surprising news. Kyrie, we know, is a strange guy. I say it every time we talk about Kyrie. He's a strange. He's he's not like your normal, typical professional athlete. He's just not. But I don't know if he actually can. I mean, I suppose you can not talk to the media. No, there has to. If, if you're going to find players for resting, right? You got to find players for not talking. Now you have to make your appearance, Drew. You have to be available. I, I'm not saying you got to give them everything that you that you, you want to sit at them. the table. You have to sit at the table, right? Or there's and if fines. You, if you want to make yourself look bad, then make yourself look bad. If you want to be that Marshawn Lynch that says no comment, or you want to be the KD and, and be that guy, then go ahead and be that. But they're all they're going to do is rip on you. You have to give the media something, dude. And if you are that, there's so much hype around this team. There will be so much media coverage around this team. And if you're going to leave it to Jared Allen to be the spokesman of your team, I, I think I think that's messed up, dude. And I think they're really starting off on a bad foot right now. And I'm, I hope Kyrie comes out and lets his game speak for himself. But you have to be held accountable when the stuff's not working as well. I mean, if I'm being honest, personally, I don't give a shit. I would love to never hear Kyrie have a comment again. I would. I, I'm done. I'm done with it. I don't know what I. He doesn't enlighten anything for me. Uh, he is. A, he's a fantastic basketball player. I will never take that away from him. But I do think that he thinks he's some sort of genius, and I don't think he is. So that's just kind of where I stand with Kyrie. Like, look, dude, you can be an artist. You can you can paint. You can do some rap shit that he's doing or whatever he's singing. Is he singing? Is he rapping? I heard exact. No, he's rapping. He's rapping. So you can have Victor Oladipo on a track where he's singing and you're rapping and Dame is featuring and all that's cool with me. But when it comes to like these these erroneous statements that he makes, anyways, I'm done with them. Could you? I no longer pay attention to what the fuck he says. Could you imagine if like a doctor or a surgeon was like, you know, we failed at sur- you know the surgery failed. I have no comment to your family. I'm right. not. I'm not going to be telling people why or anything. And I'm not. I'm not comparing brain surgery to NBA basketball. Doctors do that all the time, by the way. They just what? They're like, eh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you, they signed a waiver yeah, says that you could die in the surgery. Yeah, and I don't really have to tell you why. Yeah, we, we so told you. There's a lot of red tape there that says I'm good. I just don't think it's fair, dude. Because even us, like, and I'm not saying we are part of the media, but we are kind of. You know, we like to talk about this stuff. And what if every NBA player said that? What if every NBA player says, you know, we're really not, I don't want to take responsibility for winning or losing. It's just taking, I think it's just trying to put again, a lot of pressure on KD and Steve Nash and the rest of the basketball team to be held accountable when he's not going to be. And the NBA should step in. He should get fined if he's going to be doing this all the time. Or if you want to be a baby and be the guy that goes and sits up there and just says no comment, no comment, no comment, then whatever. Kids are looking up to you, dude. And the media, the New York media will fucking blast you if you continue to do that. And it starts with media. And then maybe maybe a couple steps down the road, uh, you know, I don't really want to practice on Mondays. And then maybe a couple steps down the road, I really don't want to play on back-to-backs. I really don't want to play in Boston ever again. And it's like, okay, well, we have a big series coming up against Boston. Yeah, you know, Boston's not for me. I (laughs) really, you know, you got good luck, guys. I think I'm going to stay back and and hang out here, as we saw him do during the bubble. Granted, he was injured. That's a whole other conversation. Supposedly. Um, But look, I, you know, there has to be some some sort of um, response from the the Nets and the NBA that says, look. You know, we, we can't require you to say anything to the NBA, but you, you have to definitely be available and sit at the table and field the questions from the reporters like everybody else in the league. 
just not fair. Yeah. It's just not freaking fair. I feel bad for Kevin Durant. I do too. I think he opened I, a can of worms. I think so too, because think if they fail, because this can fail. Well, okay? so here's the other side of this. He might be planning for it. Kevin Durant could be playing this better than we ever thought. Okay. And maybe Kevin Durant does want James Harden in Brooklyn and is going, let's see if Kyrie Irving self-destructs enough for Brooklyn to go, all right, we'll give you Kyrie. They can't give Kyrie because John's there now. So now you can't even give Kyrie. That shit's over. I what? think I think Houston might take Kyrie and and John Wall. Oh, that would be a mess. As opposed to nothing for I yeah, you're right. You're right though. That wouldn't work. A John Wall. But anyway, I there there in the back of my mind there was always that option where Kevin Durant I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to distance himself ever so slightly from Kyrie over the course of the season. Or he's just backtracking on the hardened talk because now you've pissed off Carrot, Karis, and Spencer, who actually have really good value. They have really good value and they have picks. Uh, and now you've already pissed them off like, hey, we'd rather get rid of you to get another James Harden. As much as I'd love to see that, I really would love to see that because I don't know how that would work. What, James, James Kyrie, and, and Kyrie. Just, Durant? This will not work. There is no way that I works. don't think it would work either. There would be six coaches on that team too. Speaking of Kyrie, our another favorite part of preseason basketball is the erroneous ESPN player rankings going into this next season. And I said on our, on our page today that I uh, – you know, I get pissed off every single summer and I feel like they're just doing this normally it's summer. It's now winter, but I feel like they do this to piss off us and the yeah. media. I think they intentionally do it wrong. Can you hundred percent, even Kenya Martin hit me up today. He's like, dude, this is clickbait. It's just here to piss you off. Trust me. But the way I look at it is you're supposed to be the biggest sports outlet. Okay. And you guys are supposed to be the, the quintessential brains of, you know, knowing basketball and sports. And so there's a couple names in here. And the one that the, the one that set everybody off was was uh DeRozan, right? DeRozan was at was at 81, okay? <laughs> 81 out of a top 100. He had 22 points a game last year. DeMar DeRozan, okay? <laughs> and they have Michael J Porter or Michael Porter Jr. 30 spots ahead of him at 51, okay? That's just blatant disrespect. And so when DeRozan texts or tweets out to ESPN uh, a clown emoji and a poop emoji clown shit. Yeah. I totally understand that. Absolutely. There, there is no, as good as Michael Porter jr. Is he is not 30 spaces better. Okay. No. I'm going to give you a couple more. Kemba's at 48. Like I'm that's okay, I guess, but I, he know. was, he was an all-star. He's, he's, he should be closer to 30. Russell Westbrook. They have at 36. Which okay. is just bullshit. All right. Trey Young at He made third team all NBA last year, by the way. So that, that means he's the top fifteen according to the NBA. Uh Russell thirty six, Trey Young twenty nine. This is what pissed everybody off. At, with twenty four games played last season, Zion's at nineteen. <laughs> so Zion they have ranked better than Paul George, Trey Young, Russell Westbrook, Kemba. They got Lonzo at fifty four and Zach Levine at fifty six. So Lonzo better than uh, ranked higher than Zach Levine. Wow. Cat at 23, uh, Kyrie at 25, which you know pissed him off and would probably love to talk to the media about that. Hey, put a, how about this? Kyrie can't talk to the media, but can he tweet? Yeah, I think he will. I feel like oh. that's the way he's going to communicate, oh. by the way. I, I didn't mention that at the end there, but I do think... That's some sucker shit. I think me. that's how he's probably going to do it. It's going to be a lot of these like statements that have very little to do just with... Just so passive. Like, very little to do with basketball. Just, just random... Like He might just do uh, haikus. <laughs> 
for for his entire media for the entire year. I wouldn't be surprised if that's you how he does. You got to dissect his comments. Yeah. It's going to be like some Da Vinci Code shit. Like, what is Kyrie really trying right. to say? Exactly. Uh, so Kyrie twenty five, D book seventeen, and I'm like, okay, that's respectable. Still I hasn't guess. made an All Star team Still. in his entire career. Facts. Uh, Tatum at eleven, Butler at twelve. So like those right around there, I'd be okay with. But I just. It's blatantly obvious they're trying to, to piss us off a little bit. It seems that way now. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're purposefully doing this incorrectly. Because every year we they come out with their list, and it's been a while since I think that they've had a pretty good list. Every pod that we every season every that we've year, done, we've we've started. There's been with this. really big problems with their list. And DeMar DeRozan at eighty one, as you said, is just it's a it's it's laughable. There is not 80 players in the league that are better than this guy who averaged 22, like five and five last year. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. So I just, I, I at this point, I am, I am convinced that they're doing it exactly like you mentioned to just get people talking about to it. Talk about and ESPN. it's a success. It is because we're doing I, it. The, it's successful, right? They, they, they go. All right, what'll, what'll get people going? Let's put Zion at 19, and let's put Demar. At <laughs> let's put Demar at eighty. Demar, I hear it. Demar, I hate it. Yeah, exactly. I just, I, I do think, I think they either need to stop doing it, um, or it is truthful that they're doing it incorrectly just to get people upset and, or hire and talk a new about staff. It. They can't. They have all the staff. Who else can they fucking hire? Like I get Zion coming into the season. He's going to have a good season. We, we're we're assuming. Uh, sure. We we all assume that he has the potential to be an All Star caliber player, which would put him in the top twenty four. Right. Right. If you're if you're just going off all stars, that's 24 players. He would be the at least the 24th best player. So, but to be 27 spots ahead of Westbrook and not having to and having played 19 games, right. 24. You, oh, sorry. Having, having played having played having played 24 games. That just you know we all hope that he's going to get there, but it, he's not there yet. No, he's not. let him prove it first. And we we probably should know the top 10. That that's going to be released tomorrow. Anyways, Lonzo at 54, Zach Levine at 56. That's just wild to me. And Porter Jr. at 51, 30 spots ahead of DeRozan. Just if I'm DeRozan, I'm coming out and balling this season. Uh, so we we brought up doing Clips and Drew Fantasy Basketball, and we were going to discuss uh, how we were going to do this. Plenty of people hit us up wanting to get in on the, on, the, uh, on the game like we did last season that got cut short. It was really fun. Uh, Bishop thinks that he won it. But it doesn't count. Erroneous. Erroneous. COVID just negates everything that yeah. you did. Um, but you had some some thoughts about not doing it. So- I just think so. I'm I'm currently in an NFL fantasy football league that I dominate every year, <laughs> um, and I am in first place in that league again. And um, I just it's been it's been fucking weird and crazy. Like you've had games postponed, you've had people on COVID lists, you've had all of these things happen over the course of the season that make fantasy really difficult. You make it really, really difficult to, you know, run a fantasy team. Now look, this season we have 72 games. It's not a full 82. We expect players all over the all over the 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 league to get COVID at some point or another. We also expect there to be a lot more resting of players than in previous seasons. So look, if, if, if all of our homies and the, and the followers of the show want fantasy, then we will do it and I will be a part of it. But if, if not, then I think we might just take a pause off this year and go wait until next year where we have a full 82, hopefully. 
So we'll discuss. Sorry, I got Kona on my neck right Kona. now. Drew, Drew had to bring Kona up here. You I shouldn't have touched her. She I'm was sorry. She was sleeping. Uh, we're gonna. You got anything else, Drew? I uh, no, I don't. All right, check us out. Basketballnews.com. Kenya Martin's podcast is up. Uh, Eton Thomas just had a great interview with uh, Chris Weber, which is a good one. And oh, he yeah. had um, sorry guys, and he had um, uh, Nancy Lieberman on there, which was a really yeah. good interview. Uh, Clips and Drew are on there. Check out Alex Kennedy. Got some good long form going on over there. But we're going to take him out. Drew had the pick this week. Dem- never even heard this song. We're going to take him out with SZA, The Weeknd, The Funk Wave Remix. This is Drew's pick. Dude, this is this is my jam. <laughs> if you like a bass line, you'll, like, you'll like this song. Turn it up, bang it. It is the follow through with Clips and Drew. And we'll go. Hold